Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek! I am Chrissy McQueen and Justin Winters here is here, I should say, to guess what? It's X-Men Week. Justin. Yeah. How many X-Men movies are there in total? Um there's been five. There have been five? Five total. Really? Yes. I expected you to say three. Nope. Sorry to disappoint. Five. So wait. Of the two that we saw for this podcast, which was the one that was in 2000, mm-hmm. and the most recent, uh, X-Men First Class, which is in theaters now, mm-hmm. there have been four, no, three others between those two movies? Yes. There was an X-Men 2, there was an X-Men 3, and then there was an X-Men uh, Origins Wolverine, a standalone like prequel type movie that was the, the latest one before this one. So, oh. you... Uh, you had never seen any of them. You saw the first one and then the latest one. Well, now knowing that there are three other movies between the two bookended movies that I did see, I might feel a little bit foolish asking some of the questions that I have because I'm sure they will probably be revealed in X-Men movies to come. Um, Possibly. Maybe. Like, why does Wolverine not age? Because he has a split-second cameo in this movie, and he looked the same as he did in the 2000 movie. Uh, because he's a mutant. Mutants don't age? Some don't. Ian McKellen aged? Yes, he did. So did the other guy, Patrick What's-His-Face. Patrick What's-His-Face did age. Yeah, so then why didn't Wolverine? Um, it's because he's... I, I don't know. You don't know? Huh? You don't know? Again, like I said, because he's he's superhuman. He's got these like uh, this power where he regenerates himself if he gets hurt. So I'm I'm sure that has a lot to do with the whole aging process. Oh, all right. But um, as a kid, I wasn't like huge into X Men, so I'm not like one of the geeks that's like that's not correct. In you know issue nine, blah blah blah, he had these powers. I I don't know all that stuff, you know. I know pretty much what the movies have told us, so... This might come as a shock to you, but I never read the comics. What? I know. Okay, so... Again, we always say this at the beginning. Why have you avoided seeing any X-Men movies? Well, in general, superhero movies aren't my bag, baby. And, I mean, there are a few that I have enjoyed and or tolerated but not movies I would just choose to see because they are in the theater. Uh, so that's part of it. Also, uh, in the year 2000, I was still in high school and I didn't really care about th- that sort of thing. It seemed like such a guy movie. You know, I think it was probably around the time Moulin Rouge came out and all that sort of stuff. And I was into those sort of movies and Bridget Jones and I didn't care to see X-Men. Fair enough. You know, 
okay. then it, and then it bypassed. And then it's like for it's like Harry Potter for me too because I actually would like to be a little more familiar with the Harry Potter series, but. The movies just kind of came out one on top of the other on top of the other. So by the time the fourth one comes out, and I haven't seen like the first three or or perhaps the middle two, I feel like I'll be lost. So then I don't go back and I just go, ah, forget about it. I'm too far in and I, you know, I'm not caught up. So I just don't see him. That's what happened with subsequent X-Men movies for me. Subsequent? No, all X-Men movies. That's what happened to me, right? You didn't see any of them. Right. But I mean, like as new ones came out. I didn't think, maybe I'll see this, even though I'm not 17 anymore and, you know, and more tolerable of different types of movies, but I hadn't seen the other ones, and I was pretty sure that they built upon each other, so I thought I would get it. So before we get to the new movie, what did you think of the one, uh, the first X-Men from 2000 that you saw? It was pretty good. Mm -hmm. It kind of falls into the whole superhero movie. Actually, I feel bad even calling it superhero because I know it's not really superheroes as much as it is mutants nonetheless it kind of falls into the classic genre of you know problem with the universe people who can save the universe people have problems trying to save the universe the universe is saved formula okay it just seemed formulaic formulaic yeah hmm because i think of x-men as like a totally different type of superhero type movie how so um, well, at least in the first one, it was like they were, number one, it's ridiculously dark, not only in tone, but in brightness level. <laughs> That's true. It's a really dark movie. Like, they, they, they shot it, I guess, in the darkest corner of the earth. Canada? Usually Vancouver. Canada, A. Those trees that they use, the forest they use in, like, so many movies. Um, but the first one was also, like... Very heavy on the, uh, you know, gay. Is it over? Would you call them overtones? You or, would. Or, or undertones. Or the metaphor, <laughs> the metaphor that being a mutant, you know, compares to being gay. It's funny because you mentioned that to me at one point when we were watching. You were like, "Are you getting the gay vibe?" Well, no, just because, especially in the first movie, they, I mean, they pretty much say it. Like you could just substitute mutant for gay. And really? It makes sense. Yeah. Because I didn't the, get that at all. The dialogue. I didn't get that at all. The government mm. wants them to show themselves and to have to like constantly wear a badge that you know says I'm a mutant and these are my powers. Hi, don't ask, don't tell. We well, we don't want to talk about being gay in our society. In the scenes, like uh, the the president or Congress, they t- they're talking about you know we need to find these people you know and and root them out. Yeah, they're, you know they're a cancer. Well, it's more like to, the Jews to the world, huh? Well, it's more like the Jews in, in Germany, and and as we saw in the intro where it was 1944 occupied Poland in a concentration camp. I think it totally just built upon that story and that metaphor as opposed to modern day gay people. Okay, it could be both. I didn't say it was one one thing or the other, but. In the first one, X Men, the first one, it's a little more on the gay side, just because the gay side. <laughs> it's a little more on the gay side, guys. You know what I mean. X Men on the gay side. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and now that makes me think of that Saturday Night Live sketch. What is it? Um, the ambiguously gay duo. Like they're saving people too. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I tried. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you don't think that it's formulaic, like I mentioned? The first movie we're discussing. 
Um, formulaic in... in uh, Good not, guy, bad guy, problem. Well, there's... No, I mean, there's different layers. Like, the the bad guy as you see in the new movie, used to be a good guy. Right, but that wasn't revealed in the first movie. If we're just going on the first movie. Bad guy, good guy. Problem. But then but then they have characters like you have Wolverine, who seems like he would be, you know, a rough and tumble bad guy, but it turns out he's, you know, he's got a heart of gold. Well, you know, that's like pretty woman syndrome. I mean, he's an atypical <laughs> We need hero. to stop comparing, just talk about the movie and stop... X-Men has nothing to do with Pretty Woman. Or gay no, people. Or the fact that you've never seen Pretty Woman, so you start comparing it to... I know the story. Look with Heart of Gold. Okay, well, okay. X-Men, the first movie, here's what it had going for it. Yes. Number one, it had Hugh Jackman. Yeah. This, that was pretty much the, the movie that made him a movie star. You've never, you knew, you've never seen X-Men? So, what was the first movie that you saw Hugh Jackman in, and did, were you like, oh, this guy's a movie star? Someone Like You. Oh, God. Okay. Someone Like You. If <laughs> he would he would like never... around the same time, he, too. If he would have never been Wolverine, he would never have been in Someone Like You. Really? Because I think they came out at the same time. No. They did not. Pretty close. No, they did not. What year did Someone Like You come out? I do not know. <laughs> I only saw it once, and that was enough. Well, then there you go. But I guarantee you that... X-Men was the one that, you know, rocket launched uh, Hugh Jackman. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not implying. It was any... definitely not someone like well, you, I guarantee you. As I was trying to say, I'm not implying by any stretch of the imagination that someone like you is what catapulted him into celebrity them. I'm just saying, because you asked me specifically, what was the first movie that I remember seeing him in that I was like, that guy's going to be a star. So you were like, oh, this guy's going to be a star. It wasn't like, oh, wasn't that the guy that played Wolverine? No. no. Got it. Okay. What did you think of his performance in the movie? I thought it was great. I mean, uh, like I said earlier, he's an atypical hero. And you're right in when you you said that the characters are multifaceted and they have good sides and bad sides. I mean, he is rough and tumble, but he does have a good heart. You just have to dig through layers to get to it. I found it interesting that he said that his claws hurt him every time he, he... like brings him out. He was like massaging his hand and Anna Paquin asks him about it. He's like, yeah, it hurts every time. And then later on he does it like a million more times and doesn't seem to have any pain whatsoever. Well, just because he, when he gets angry, they come out and they're usually used as weapons. So. Right. But he didn't rub his hand afterwards. Like, oh. We can't do that every time. My hand. <laughs> oh, it still hurts. The seventh time in the movie. Well, but, but if it hurts, it hurts. It doesn't just selectively hurt. Okay, well, it was something that was thrust upon him. He didn't choose to, you know... I know. Put all that stuff in his body. I know, I'm aware. So you're saying he shouldn't be... Shouldn't be bitching about it so much, Maury. No, I'm saying he should bitch about it all the time. <laughs> Why? I'm saying the exact opposite. That would make, that would make him the emo X-Men of all time. I would have been into uh, that. You, you guys know when I just killed all those guys with my crawls. It really hurt when the claws came through my skin. I don't know if I'd said that. Well, no, but then, last time. but then they shouldn't have made it an issue to begin with. I know why they did it. They were trying to prove that Hugh Jackman has a soft side. See, look at those claws. No, poor Hugh Jackman's hand. No. He's rubbing it, and then he never did it again. They have that line in there to say that you know what? It's it's not all fun and games. It hurts when he does that, so it hurts him. It's not to say he's got to do it every time. <laughs> <laughs> No. Ow! 
It still hurts, guys. No, they were... <laughs> my, my hands and my heart. No, but they were trying to illustrate that he has a softer side of, like, he can feel pain. Look, he's rubbing his hand. And then they never did it again. Nevertheless, uh, Hugh Jackman's got a lot of charisma and... The role and of hotness. Wolverine uh, was like it was like it was specially made for him. So maybe it was. Maybe it was. I remember when they were filming it, just seeing pictures of him in celebrity rags, and he had like the lamb chops on his face. I thought you had no knowledge of him before someone like you. Like I said, I think they came out around the same time. <laughs> You're like. Are those lamb chops for someone like you? No, but then, you know, like, once you see the movie, someone like you, and you're like, oh, I like this guy. I'm going to look him up. And then you find pictures of Lamb Chop Man. You're like, hmm, never mind. Oh, well. Lamb Chops. Lamb Chops before his character, so. That's true. Um, Okay, so number one, we have Hugh Jackman. Yes. Uh, Number two, uh, the relationship between the characters, Dr. Xavier and Magneto. Magneto! Uh, the two actors playing them are really good together. Well, let's face it, they're both classic actors of their generation. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. It makes me almost feel sad about our younger crop of actors, whilst, of course, there are ones that are just extraordinarily good. I don't know, they're just not as good as that crop, that generation. And Cut their teeth on Shakespeare, so... Yeah! And I think that made a difference. It did? No, you know what, look... Let me rephrase. Not the fact that they have Shakespeare, you know, in their background, but theater. Any actor that comes from the stage is almost always a better screen actor because of their stage experience. Jackman, hello. He's a stage actor. It's true. I know. The better ones come from the theater. Okay. Go theater. But yeah, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, you could just... The thing about the first X-Men movie, there's a lot of subtext as to what happened in their past. Yeah. And they really played that out in the way that they, you know, talked with each other. Well, there's fr- they're frenemies, but there is... I hate to... I really do. I hate to use the phrase love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. But there is. You can tell that they're... Uh, that they have an affection for each other that means... That they've been through something. And you don't really know what, but they've been through something together that has bonded them. Um, And now they are, by circumstance, pitted against each other. So it does kind of make you go, oh, who do I root for? But if you only see this first movie, you never see any any of the other ones, you're more than likely going to root for Patrick Stewart's character. If for no other reason, because he's in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason. It's like an automatic rooting. But, I mean, the first movie, it, it's less of a action movie, which pretty much what the, the, the later ones became, and more of, like, a character drama, you know, between these two men with their respective baddies or X-Men on each side. Which so. I appreciate. You do. You, you appreciate a good character drama. I do. Okay. And I think that I failed to recognize that that was possible with the X-Men series, which is uh, another reason why I never saw them. I don't like movies that just go ping, pong, boom, crash. Not my thing. Which is why I refuse to see... And this wasn't that. So are you... You know, you felt that it was one thing and it was another, so... Right, no, I'm, I'm, I'm giving the movie props. I am saying it still follows the formulaic superhero, you know, bag, but... See, I don't think so. 
Right. I mean, usually the superhero th- is is one person. Right. And there's like, oh, this responsibility has been thrust upon me. What do I do? You know, do I rise above or whatever? Wolverine went through some of that. He didn't really want to be a part of the academy and like help out. Well, that, that's because he was just a loner. That's the that's his character. Wolverine is like whatever, you know. Right. I'll do it on my own. Right. I don't, I don't need the babysit. But still, he had to struggle and rise above it so he could save the day. <laughs> and he had his like little flock of you know robins in the background to his Batman like helping out. So, yeah, Hugh Jackman, the two old guys, and then Anna Paquin. I mean, Anna Paquin was okay. She was okay. I prefer her in True Blood. Well, this was... She was cutting her teeth for True Blood with this. That's She'd already won an Oscar by the time she did this movie. I know. I saw the piano. Okay. That was the best superhero film of all time. Wow. She had to rise above the piano. Well, then. <laughs> uh, I prefer her as a blonde, by the way. Just saying. Just putting that out there. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Just felt like saying, Anna Paquin, you're a good blonde. All right, so we're coming to the time of the podcast where we uh, quiz Chrissy on if she was even paying attention during the movie. Oh, no. So, what um, what did the baddies in the first movie, what did they want to do? They wanted to um, lev- level the playing field between mutants and humans mm-hmm. by, um, it's, I'm just going to use the wrong words, I was going to say like spell or potion, but that's not right. They wanted to transfer mutant powers um, onto world leaders who were attending a summit in New York City so that they would feel what it's like to be strange and mutant. People are strange when they're strange. Right. And the goodies were trying to advise the baddies with that whole love-hate thing of like, hey, you guys, it's not going to actually do that. It's going to kill them. It's going to turn them into jellyfish people. Yeah, because we tried it on a senator and it killed him. So please don't. You were very upset by the scene where the senator guy... It was really gross. ...is turned into the jellyfish and he, like, sticks his head through some bars, like in the prison. They'd imprison him. And so the way he escaped was he just pushed his head and just went... (laughs) It was just gross. His face looked ugly. (laughs) <laughs> His face looked ugly. Yeah. Face looks like a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a rabbit. No, um, but yeah, so they're trying to, like I said, level the playing field between humans and mutants by being like, ha you're a mutant. That is a few mutant. You were paying attention. I told you. Yay. Giving you the stink eye. Sometimes I don't know with you. You're really good at, you know, zonking out, <laughs> but not looking like you've zonked out. Yes, I am. I am. You know why? I used to have to talk on the phone late at night with friends, and I wouldn't hang up the phone. I would want to still talk to them, but I would start falling asleep while I'm on the phone with them, and no kidding, I would start dreaming, and then I'd hear Chrissy. Chrissy. Chrissy, what do you think? And I wouldn't really remember what they said because I had been sleeping, and I would try to recall, and I'd be like, I think the pink elephants should jump over the moon because I was talking about my dream, and then they'd be like, did you fall asleep? So, I had to perfect that art of listening, but not. Chrissy's mutant power was very high phone bills, apparently. (laughs) Or high-functioning narcoleptic. (laughs) Actually, that would be a great superhero thing. High-functioning narcolepsy. How does that help you at all or anyone else? Because you could be a spy. People would think that you're sleeping, but you're really paying attention. What are you, Mr. Magoo? (laughs) 
<laughs> you wear bottle cap glasses too. It's like, okay, let me make it as hard for myself as possible. <laughs> I'm I'm like James Bond, but I fall. No, but then they're See, like, doesn't that look like I'm a regular no, person? No, and then they're like, she's sleeping. That means we don't have to chloroform her or kill her because she's sleeping. <laughs> Let's discuss our evil plans. And I'd be like, I'm really awake and listening to your evil plans. And then apparently the Crypt Keeper is like, ah, why don't we just shoot her in the head now that she's asleep? Good idea. Now you're dead. No. Okay, what would, no, no, really, what would be your major power? What would be your, I know you've, obviously thought about if you were a superhero what would be your power so well you, when you think of like what would be your superhero power in the traditional sense you think of things like flying or time travel well, or we you know, have dr x he had the you know he could read people's minds right right which that. would be awesome he had the the visor guy cyclops who you know yeah you do that with his eyes what, right. what would be your thing i kind of like um i like xavier's thing of being a telepath and uh, also getting to plant ideas like Inception in people's heads for short term. Now, I don't know how well it obviously actually doesn't work in the long term, but in the short term it works pretty nicely. I could lead a happy life being a telepath, being able to plant ideas in people's heads. Hey, none of my friends or family would ever be sad. I'd just be like, you're happy. And they'd be like, I'm so happy. Like, Chrissy, you talked to me enough. Now you're talking in my head. Oh, my gosh. They wouldn't know. <sighs> Their brain explodes. They wouldn't know because I wouldn't befriend mutants. Well, there, there you go. You're part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Whether they're gay or Jewish, whatever. I was kidding. Yeah. I would befriend mutants. They'd be my best friends. I'd be like, mutants, you're okay with me. So, I, so I whenever, Let me read your mind. One of the reasons I liked the movie, is there any things that, you, that stuck out that you liked or didn't like about the first X-Men? Um, I thought that the Cyclops and uh, Wolverine relationship was underrated, and I enjoyed their rivalry. of, And then it was one way, because they thought that maybe uh, Mystique was impersonating Wolverine, and he walks in, and they're like, how do we know it's you? You're a dick. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> There's a great line, I agree. Um, I kind of wish that they would have explored their relationship a little more, but other than that... We I like know it. what? There's what? another movie, and they're in it. Both of them. Both of them. I'm a good... Who played... Um... I, tried to, I tried to force my hand and say to Chrissy, do you want to watch X-Men 2? And she's like, nope, I've been X-Men'd out, thank you. I was really tired when I said that. <laughs> I'd watch them on my own time if I ever have any. But um, who played Cyclops? Um, James Marston. Wait. Not James Marsters. Oh. James Marsden. <laughs> I who, was like, Spike? <laughs> no, who we loved in, uh, like, en Spray. Enchanted. He was great in Enchanted. Oh, he was great in Enchanted. Uh, Marsden's great, man. He's got, like, the the cookie-cutter, pretty boy look, mm -hmm. but he's really, really funny, and yeah. he's, he's got a good wit about him. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I thought for a minute it was Harry Connick Jr. And I was like, Harry Connick Jr. never ages. <laughs> He's like, do up, do up. My mutant power is jazz, baby. And blowing things up. Pew, pew. <laughs> now let's put some swing on. Um, what do I, what I didn't like really quick. Mm -hmm. um, really quick. Halle Berry, no, no one, mm. no one really understands why Halle Berry. I'm so glad you brought her up. I forgot she existed movie. until you said that. In the world or in the movie? Yeah, kind of both, but mostly in the movie. 
Yes, Halle Berry uh, had this weird, like, jerk Jamaican accent or something. <laughs> it was Miss Cleo. Because Miss Cleo's not really Jamaican. She was totally trying to be Miss Cleo. So, not only did her superpower of, you know, gathering wind. storms and wind together, she also had a, you Fog. know. Like, a, why, why would the director or whoever, it doesn't have to be a director, just like the lighting guy, just whisper to your, your accent sucks. Just well, use your own They accent. didn't tell Dick Van Dyke that his Cockney accent wasn't working for him in Mary Poppins. I know, but all that time we haven't learned anything. Well, like Dick Van Dyke could have called Halle Berry up on the phone, circa two thousand. Don't do it. Trust me. Just use your, you know. I didn't know that he sounded like don't do it. <laughs> it's in slow mo. Yeah, but um, yeah. Well, obviously Halle Berry was in this movie because she's Halle Berry, and she, you know, is Catwoman, and she has audience draw, and I think that's honestly why she was in it. I'm not. I'm not asking why she was in it. I'm asking why she was so bad in it. Don't you know your future, man? I would deal the cards for you and create some fog, man. <laughs> she has that line, and I can't even remember it because it's so bad. Where she knocks the toad guy, who's also totally bad. Oh, um, he's terrible. And she says, "Do you know what happens when lightning hits a toad?" Oh yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and it, it zaps him. The same thing that happens to everyone else. To everything else. So, Remember, that, that was coming up and you were like, oh my god, oh my god, my favorite line is coming up. And I was waiting for it. You were like, just wait, just wait. And then sure enough, she's like, do, do you know what happens to, to, to things with the lightning? And then, to, yes. I, I know you don't, but I do because I'm Miss Cleo. <laughs> I read your poem. And the white hair it was just weird. Yeah, I mean, it was just so such a contrast being like the super emo X Men, like in the dark, like oh, our powers, why? Yeah. And then you have clunkers <laughs> like that. You like sun? I got sun. I got sun for days. Mother, sun. She can control the sun. And then you know when they finally do start to like really fight at the end on the top of the Statue of Liberty, of course. I didn't know that was in Vancouver, number one. Uh, <laughs> you're like, this is kind of lame, you know? It's, they still didn't have, like, the CGI and everything you know, up to the... You know who else I thought was kind of an expendable character? And I probably shouldn't be saying this because if you really look at it, I suppose she played an integral part, but Jean. Jean Grey? Yeah. Um, yeah, she's kind of... She kind of, she's kind of less of a part of the first one and more part of the second one, actually. Oh, perhaps. So felt she, like she was there. Yeah, she serves as kind of like the, the bait between uh, Cyclops and Wolverine to fight over her. They both, you know, she, vying for affections. And she's there to, like, fix things, you know? And, oh, no, this has gone wrong. None of our mutant powers are able to solve it. She's like, I got it. She's like IT support. She's, <laughs> she's like, you know... In, she's, she's in the hospital room, like, phew, things are flying into her hands. She's like, bloop, 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 I'll fix you up. No, she is. She's totally, like, IT support. You totally forget about her in that she's there until you need her. And then she's there and she fixes the problem. Okay, so, quickly, X-Men, first movie, what would you give it? B. A B. Okay. Yeah. That's respectful. Yeah. yeah, you know. Not bad. I enjoyed it. All right, enough of that. Okay. Let's talk about my favorite movie of the summer thus far. Woo-woo! The summer out of what we're like June 6th. <laughs> well, no, I, was, I mean, we've seen, I've seen more movies than you. But X-Men. First Class. First Class 
It's my favorite movie the, the summer thus far. You know what I would say about it, Justin? What? I would say it's a first class movie. What? First class. Ding ding. Who's that? Uh, <laughs> it's me, Miss Cleo. <laughs> and here's a sign that I that I like a movie. I stayed awake the whole time and I didn't have to struggle. I was like, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> Looking at the screen like a little kid. And you like did like a little woo at the end. Like, woo! I was really excited. I know. I was like, well, I wanna bottle up this, you know, positive energy and stuff. Uses my mutant power. As you know, yeah. No, I mean, when you go to a movie with Chrissy, there's always the chance that she, when it's over, she'll look at you and say, I hate you. <laughs> or, or, I hate you for making me More likely, uh, one of two phrases either, really, or, I want the last two hours of my life, but let's go get ice cream. True. Yeah. True. So, what did X Men First Class have? That plot, what, what story, have I, what have I characters, seen? What are we seeing? acting. <laughs> Sorry, it's better than Thor. <laughs> oh, oh, gross! Because you didn't see Thor. No, it's better than what else have we seen this summer? Exactly, that's what I was saying. It's hard to compare it against other movies. Um, there's a movie coming out this weekend. I thought it was way better than Super Eight. So there's that. Oh. We wait. We just saw something like a week ago. What was it? With Kristen. What did we see? We didn't go to the movies with her. We didn't? Are no. you sure? We had the Arnold Fest. We watched the Predator and the the other thing. Right. Oh, was it Kim and Jackie? That was Scream. I don't know. It's the best Scream. movie I've seen this summer. It's 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 not only a great like action movie, it's not only a great superhero movie. It's just great. <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> you like I really it? like it. Just great. No, like, I, I don't, it's the first time in a long time where I remember, like, sitting in, in a, like, it's the middle of the movie. Yeah. And, like, I don't want this to ever end. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed in, like, the last third of the movie, it starts going really fast. Like. The, the whole movie was fast. Like, the first, like, half of the movie, um, uh, Charles Xavier yes. and Eric, who eventually becomes Magneto. It was like they're doing, like, the amazing race. <laughs> they're in, you know, they're Brazil, they're in Argentina. I'm like, whoa, this is really cool. I wouldn't say that it necessarily went fast, because that implies almost that it went too fast and there wasn't enough time for development. But uh, it went at a, at, a, at an appropriate build, you know, where no, I mean, it was built. When you look at the whole movie and you're like, okay, were there any points where I was like, Oh, this is going really slow. There was no, no, there was no parts no, 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 that no. were really slow. Like any any part where they like slow down to give some exposition, you're like, oh, this is great, you know. It was like a slingshot. It was like a slingshot. I don't know, was well, it? Yeah, no, because like they're pulling back and they're creating tension. They're creating tension. They're creating tension, and it's never too slow. It's like, oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? And then the last third, it's like, pew! Somebody let go of the slingshot, and then it catapulted over, you know, up ping pong table because that's how you use a slingshot it's the best analogy i've ever heard (laughs) so now that we have seen the backstory backstory relationship between as you said eric who turns into magneto and charles xavier Mm -hmm. uh whose team are you on whose team am i on yeah team charles or team eric well no neither of them called me up to ask for one of the other team (laughs) 
Number one. Number two. <laughs> said so heard about it. I don't have a mutant power yet. Okay. I'm going to give you a, just for the sake of this, I'm going to give you a quick mutant power. Are you ready? Why? You got to choose. You can give me one too. No. Fine. You're, what is your mutant power? No. Again? Tell me your mutant power. <laughs> no. Okay. So we're looking at X-Men, which you just saw for the first time. X-Men first class. Compare the two just in general, well, you know. What am I comparing? The two movies. I feel like they're somewhat incomparable, so it's kind of hard for me to do in that. In what way? What, what was one? Obviously, you liked First Class a lot better. Yes. Um, well, it didn't have that whole superhero formula. You know, it had people who had gifts, yes, but they never set out to save the world with them. In fact, they intended to blend in. And they did. Like, the, the, the mutants in the beginning, there was no academy. They were like, they didn't even want, they were shy about showing you. Remember the whole thing about we're not going to hide anymore? They're hiding. M- M- Mystique as a kid, she was hiding always. And then um, the other guy, Beast, I can't remember his name in the movie, but Beast, mm-hmm. he's hiding. They're all into hiding. They're not into saving the world and like, problem, we fix the problem, we are mutants. <laughs> it wasn't. How do I put this? I, it's I don't know. It's kind of I'm I'm talking in circles because it's hard for me to compare. I feel like they're like I said not very. Well, I was just talking about, about the general stuff, not talking about plot. Like it's oh. it's it's not as dark. It's a very the lighting is better. The light. <laughs> yeah. No, just but as a movie, like X Men, we talked about how well, it looked like it was better. The acting is better. The the timing is better of the, of the pacing. Uh, like I start getting in a plot, but you don't want to get in a plot. That was better. Uh, I mean, truly. Okay. All right. But yeah, the the new one, it's, 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 it's placed in the the 60s. So there's a very like loose hip, like James Bond slash awesome powers without the, uh, you know, without the crazy stuff, the crazy stuff vibe. Yes. And the, the way that it's cut with like the multiple screens moving and all that stuff. It's very, very cool. Very awesome. And I, I like that you learned the backstory of some of the characters, not just of the main two men, but like Mystique. You know, I didn't have really much or any sympathy for her when I saw the original X-Men movie. But uh, after seeing this, you know, she was so so developed that... I yeah, I think know. that in first class, they actually... It wasn't that way in the comics. They actually made Xavier and her, like, lifelong friends... Yeah. Something that, like I said, wasn't in the comics and wasn't in the other movies. So you're like, oh, that's one way to to create this future animosity between them. So. Right. But you never answered my earlier question. Uh-huh. Who, whose team are you on? Team Charles or Team Eric? Team Charles or Team Eric. I, well, just me as a person, I would be on Team Charles. Right. Because he, um, sometimes to a fault believes that there's, you know, good in everyone. The eternal optimist. The eternal optimist. In humanity. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I would be on his team probably. But the best thing about this movie, hmm. by far, like, by far. By far. Michael Fassbender. Oh my God. Fassbender! That's what I said after the movie. It would have been better than The Last Airbender. The Last Fassbender! Dude, he would have made that movie so much better. 
Uh, yeah, I currently am harboring a man crush on Michael Fassbender. Uh, I am harboring a crush crush on Michael Fassbender, so... What? Fight you to the death for him. To join powers and <laughs> crush him together. Or we'll just be like, hey. Snap into a Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. How do you feel about couples? No, he is awesome. Yeah. Like, he's really, really good in this movie. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, so good that you're like... This is, a, you know, like just a superhero film. Or oh something. yeah, no, he. he it's like, like I, I want to go hang out with him, you know, just as the actor. It's like it's he so attended good. the Steve McQueen School of Acting. Mm-hmm. Except I can't believe I'm saying this. He's cooler. He's edgier. I know. He. I lump him into the um, actors I'd love to play basketball with. It's currently. George Clooney's on the team. You want to play basketball with George Clooney? Yeah, he's a basketball hound. Dude. Is he? Is he really? Yeah, I hear all these stories like about like uh, movie stars. Yeah, we went all over to Clooney's, play some basketball. I'm like, I want to play basketball with George Clooney. I want to play chess with these people, and it's ironic because I don't know how to play chess, but I just want to play chess with these. So people. what? What is it about Fastbender that um, captured your heart? Okay, so this is going to be hard because I have to choose. Um, well, first thing, and I know this sounds so girly and almost trite, but for me, there was a lot said behind his eyes. As Tyra Banks would say, he smiles. Yes, he smiles with the eyes. Smizes and smolders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it felt like you could kind of read what he was thinking or at least where he wanted to go with something, you know. And he really, like, when, just his face. when he had that scene, those scenes where, I mean, if you look at the face of it, he's moving things with his mind. So there's a lot of gesturing with his hands. Yeah. He really, it's like, he really believes he's moving with his mind. Yeah, no, he does. He was very convincing. I'm like, wow, he's really into it. And I think that uh, kudos to the cinematographer and director for kind of realizing that, what they had in him, because there were quite a few uh, extra close-ups of his face, particularly of the eyes, and what was going on behind them. And, and uh, brilliant. Every time they did it, I was just like, and I'll stare forever. Yeah, I was really on board with him when... Um, I guess like a third of the way through the movie, he goes on like this rampage of trying to find all these people that made um, his childhood, you know, that like led to the the killing of his mom. Holocaust. Yeah, going after these 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 really bad guys. Yeah. And was it? I think he was in Argentina, and he it totally reminded me for some reason of the scene, one of the scenes in Inglorious Bastards, which he's also in, mm-hmm. where there's like just a scene with a couple of dudes sitting at a table. And all of a sudden, like, one of the dudes realizes that the other person is not who they think they... Yeah. And I'm like, yes, yes. And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, fast bender, fast bender. And he throws a knife at this guy, and he brings it back, and then he throws it at another guy. And I was like, what? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. And that was, it was, it was effing badass. It just was. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. from the, that point on, I was like... All right, Fastbender, just take me wherever you want to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm with you on this journey. And so that's why when, you, when I asked you, you know, whose team you'd be on, it's almost heartbreaking, even though I know that politically you're right in saying to, you would be on Charles Xavier's team. I'm like, but come on. That's the thing. I said that as Justin, but put like a mask or like if I like beast out, I could be on Magneto's team. That's cool. 
I just have to put I just have to put this life behind me. Just put it behind me and just go on. Well, because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He just wants to level the playing field. He wants to. He wants to kill a bunch of people. That's the no, he doesn't. Well, unfortunately, it's not like a board game, <laughs> and when you knock the you know the pieces off, those are still people getting killed. Not really. Um, the one of the things that I wish there was a little bit more of is his turn, like his turn towards yeah, the end. Yeah, I agree. Because it was like he was totally on their team, and yeah. all of a sudden he's like, Totally not. Nope. Yep. I have seen the ways after spending five minutes in a room with Kevin Bacon. Oh, Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. What'd you think? I was delightfully surprised with Kevin Bacon. Me too. And you know why? Why? Because I was watching and I was like, Kevin Bacon's got some, got a little, you know, mischief. He's got a little mischievous grin. but We would say he's a bondit. He plays Sebastian Shaw, who is kind of like, um, imagine the, the, the fat guy on, um, what's that, that show? Cat House. Remember the fat guy that like, (laughs) that owns the, he owns the cat house. He's like all like familiar with the girls. He's kind of like a swinging guy like that. Like. He, he can get any girl he wants. He's got January Jones walking around in her underwear all the time. Really? Because I was thinking he was more like Joseph Mengele. Joseph Mendele? Really? Joseph Mengele. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Don't you... I mean, you have to know who Joseph Mengele is. The doctor of Auschwitz? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You go this way, you go this way, now let's conduct some experiments. Yes. That's what I thought of when I saw uh, Kevin Bacon. I didn't think of him as, like, well, the swinging bachelor man. Well, that's just, like, the first time we see him. And then after that, he's not... Um, he is still that person. <laughs> it's behind the eyes! That is... A, but the, now that you say that, another good part of the movie is... The, there's a big reveal when he's first talking to Eric as a child in his office... And you're like, what, what's going on? And then there's that reveal of where they actually are. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, this just got this shit just got real. Right? Yeah. Yeah, completely. No, but Bacon was really good. And I was kind of worried because his power was so, like... He's good at being bad. His, his superpower was kind of abstract in what he did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, kind of worried. But then there's a point in the movie where he um, establishes how badass he is on a boat... With a grenade involved. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. Just like Fastbender. I was like, Bacon! <laughs> I was like, I was like, you getting back to your bad self. Kind of like Wild Things, Kevin Bacon. I was like, this is the Kevin Bacon from Wild Things. I'm so pissed that you said that and yet so happy at the same time. Pissed because it's been on the tip of my tongue for like a solid three minutes, but I was waiting for you to finish your point so I could bring that up. And then I'm happy that you're thinking the same thing as me. So... I was listen telepath. I, I was Charles Xavier. Thanks. <laughs> you need to get one of those helmets, so I can't do it anymore. That'd be awesome. But you really thought the helmet was awesome? No, kind of looked weird. No, not at all. Did um, you like bedazzle yours? Or he something? didn't think it was awesome either. Um, <laughs> kind of. He talked about it yesterday, and because uh, I saw him. <gasps> yeah, did I he, know. Did he try to use his superpowers on you? No, we talked about the uh, about. They were calling it a hat, and he's like, "It's not a hat; it's a helmet." And then, like, everybody kind of looked at him. He's like, yeah, I know. It was really weird. And then, apparently, the first time he put it on, January Jones laughed uncontrollably. What? Yeah. She, she showed emotion? Yeah, I know, right? What? What a shock. 
And they had to like stop the scene. He was like, what? What's wrong? She's like, I'm sorry. You just, you're, I don't know. I don't know what happened. You look hilarious. The way you said your line with helmet on made you hilarious. How dare her. <laughs> she. She's now one degree away from Kevin Bacon and she <laughs> mocks his helmet. I would have headbutted her with a helmet. Take that January Jones. And he didn't get to keep it. Somebody, uh, he was asked, they're like, so do you still have it? And he was like, no. What? I should have it, but I don't. <laughs> That can't be true. He doesn't have it. No, he could tell. He, he, he they had to have made several of them. He couldn't gank one of them? I don't know. I, he doesn't have one. got to call him up and see what's up. He's not as tall as I thought. He walked. He was walking in front of me at one point. He's got a badass little swagger. But it's because he's Kevin Bacon. I know. He's connected to everyone. Right? Do you think when he's walking down the street, he's just like, connected to the... Hey, do you think... Two, two degrees. Do you think that because we were in the same degrees. room and he was walking right in front of me, we could be connected now? No. Maybe we could. If we, if we can include TV... We're connected by one degree. I don't think you can use that. Damn. I think it's just in movies. Okay, fine. I was hoping. Although. That would be cool. Although, <laughs> like, it was like six or seven years ago, I was in an elevator with Kevin Bacon. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I, I tried to use that, like, and I was in an elevator with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> but um, back to what you said earlier about wild he was things. back to wild things. Oh my god. So I was thinking that and I was thinking I really enjoy Kevin Bacon much more in a badass role than I do when he's playing the good guy. Were you waiting in X-Men First Class for him to come out of the shower with his with his wang? With his wang just free in the breeze? No, not really because I was kind of hating his whole Joseph Mengele vibe, so I wasn't into the idea of seeing his package. <laughs> he wants to see a Nazi. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Be like, mm, yeah. Okay, so we established we liked um, Fastbender, of course. Yes. We liked Bacon. Yes. What else do we like about the movie? Um, who's the guy who played Charles? James McAvoy. He did great. He was very good. He he held his own amongst what I can only describe as as Titans, really. You know, in in their class, they were doing wonderful jobs, and he but he did hold his own. Well, it was it was good to see because in the other X Men movies, he's already really old and yeah. in a wheelchair. So when you were watching those movies, you're like, he's kind of a badass, but what was he like when he was younger? Yeah. And in this movie, they made him sort of like a swinging, like, bachelor, like, hidden on girls and stuff. Mm -hmm. At one point, he says something, something being groovy or something. Yeah, and, and, I look, and I whisper to you, I'm like, what is he, Austin Powers? <laughs> right? Well, you know, it's arguable that he had the hardest role to play because... Um, I've heard a lot of actors say sometimes it's actually harder to play the good guy or the optimist because you still have to make them convincing. You can't just be all like sunshine and rainbows because that comes across as hokey or corny. So it's almost harder to play the good guy. But he had some, he had a little couple chinks in his armor because he had the relationship with Mystique. Right. Where he, he was always like, you know, be, be you but don't be you, like right. the whole thing, you know? Well, it's also, he was the most human of the bunch. Yeah, like, he's like, I'm reading your mind, and you can't tell that I'm doing that, so. Right, and other than that, I have, you know, more human emotions and um, allegiances. At least that's what I got. Mm -hmm. But he was also very good. Yeah, he, he and Fassbender have a very likable, like, relationship in the movie. They, they're like the... The Hugh Jackman and the James Marston of this movie, where they're just like, you know, what? I could see that a little bit. <laughs> I was thinking more like they're Mark and Roger of Rent. Or Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. 
Or Mark and Roger rent. Whatever you like to say. <laughs> I just like it when hot guys kind of are like frenemies and square off. I'm a fan of that whole formula. You want to talk about being formulaic? Put that formula in every movie and I'm on board. Yeah. You don't have to have a girl in the middle of it all. Just have two hot guys who are kind of friends but then square off. I'm into that. Let's do it. Let's do Let's it. Let's make that movie. Let's make it. <laughs> and make maybe if they could sing, that would be even better. Maybe we can make a fast bender baby out of it. Yeah, we could. That baby would be awesome. He's apparently Fassbender's dating Zoe Kravitz. I don't know who that is. Is that Lenny Kravitz's daughter, I assume? Good. Well, hey, look at me. She plays um in the movie The Girl That Could Fly with the Wings. That was she? What was her name? What was her um, what did they call her? Fly Fly yeah. Girl? <laughs> Yeah, she was Jennifer Lopez. She was um, kind of undercooked. She was a little undercooked, I agree. Which, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but they had a little bit of a minority problem in this movie. Did you notice that? That there were two of them, but that they died? No, one of them just We might talk about spoilers, but Zoe Kravitz, she kind of, um, she played a stripper who had wings and could throw, like, fireballs or whatever. Out of her mouth, she could spit them. Yeah. And who else did we have? We had the black guy whose name was Darwin who could adapt to anything. Right. And it ended up that he couldn't adapt to anything. And then he died. You're like, oh, the black guy. What is this? A scream movie? Yeah, right. Black guy dying first. Die first. Um, and then we had all the other minorities were were on the other team, on the bad guy team. We had yeah. the we had the red guy, like it's called The Sonic guy. Z- Zazel, is that his name? Zazel. The guy that could teleport. Oh, oh, you're thinking on the on the bag. I was thinking of the guy who was being like, ah, and then he could fly. <laughs> We're talking about the minorities. He's a ginger. That's a minority. And then the Native American guy who is like Mr. Tornadoes. He's like, tornadoes. Actually, I was thinking of him as Stormlight. <laughs> oh, he was much better than Storm. You know I don't why? know about that. Because he didn't talk. Yeah, <laughs> that tr- that's true. But he could only do one type of storm. I was like, what is this? One type of storm? Or Stormlight? Yeah, that would have been great if he, <laughs> he infiltrated, like, the CIA uh, branch and it's like, a light breeze. <laughs> <laughs> little, little dew drops of rain. Rainbow. <laughs> that, would, that would be a pretty great mutant power. Like, rainbows out your, your wrist. Like, psh, psh, psh. Like about, rainbow bride of you. Talking about gay. Rainbow. <laughs> That's the gayest superhero ever. Providing so much goodwill and love. Wait, let's talk about the ginger for a second. What about the ginger? The banshee? Banshee? <laughs> yeah. That kid? Yeah. I liked him. Really? I, I, I thought his was, character was terribly underbaked. Really? Yeah. He, arguably more than anyone else's. Well, I thought his, his power was kind of corny, but... <laughs> he could fly. Dude. He's like... He's like... If that, were, if that is all you need to be able to do to fly, Mariah Carey can freaking fly. Woman can fly. Fly. If that's all it takes. Let's be serious here. She's got a little bit of a weight advantage on Ginger. You mean disadvantage? Disadvantage. She went, ah! it wasn't enough. She's got twins to take care of now, too, so. <laughs> so no flying for her. Let's talk about Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. Who you have a bit of a history with. You hated Winter's Bone. I didn't hate, I didn't hate her. I just hated the movie. But you kind of hated her. No, I didn't. Because you hated the movie. That's not true. Okay. No. She played Mystique in this one. Yeah. 
Um, I liked her. Out of the class, she probably had the most to do. What did you think? Uh, I liked her a lot. I I have to clarify once more. I didn't dislike her in Winter's Bone. I didn't. I just didn't like the movie. In fact, I enjoy her. Uh, that being said... She also had a lot of the corniest lines, unfortunately, as well. Can you name one? Uh, all of the, like, be mutant and proud. Like, she, like, and she proud. was really hammering away at the mutant and proud thing. I was like, I get it, Jennifer Lawrence, or Mystique, I get it, you know. Mutant and proud. Exactly. Right. But, you know, she had to go through the whole ugly duckling, and now I'm, I'm a proud black swan thing. <laughs> black swan thing? Yeah. Okay. I can call, I can say she was a regular swan just because swans are, like, supposed to be pure, but she had... Not an evil undertone, but she had a more sinister undertone. So she's a black swan. Well, she's playing Katniss in the Hunger Games movie, so she's going to be able to get really black swan on a bunch of people. Something to me, cause I, I finally read, read the first book, book guys. Woo! What is it? 2011. Gold star for you. It was. It was actually really good. It was really good, and I'm excited about seeing the movies now because she's part of it. So anyway, yes. I thought she was okay. She, she was like, at those times where I was like, oh, no. Who else could you have seen in the part, though? Or would you have just changed some of the corny lines? That's the thing. She did the best with what they gave her. Exactly. And that but, and that's why although, I... Although, if I was her, I'd be like, can you just throw some of the corny lines to Havoc or what are the other people? To the black guy who dies? The guy with, like, the... He, fire out his chest or whatever he did. Oh, I thought, really, honestly, I thought, is this going to be... A prequel to, like, he becomes Cyclops eventually. Like, somehow he loses his sight. And, like, that's how he ends up lasering people. Like, they had to transfer that mutant ability to his eyes. They're they're fire cousins. I know. I really thought. I was like, there's got to be some sort of missing brick here that lets us know how he became Cyclops. Although, Beast, I was like, dude, Beast, you need to get some shoes. Just some really nice shoes. And just deal with it, dude. You might have monkey feet. But that's it, man. I didn't like once Beast became Beast. You didn't like him when he was blue and furry. Well, no, because he became a dick. Like, <laughs> he came, why did he become a dick? He was just like, ah, I'm gonna strangle you, Eric. Not Fassbender because that's your actor's name, but you seem to be Magneto. And I was like, whoa, you guys are still on the same team. What the hell? I was seeing ahead. I don't think he was. <laughs> And then, he, like, they're on the plane or whatever they're on, and he's just, like, grumpy the whole time. He's a total grumpy guest. Like, ah, I'm on this plane, and I do all the work. He's not a happy beast. No, he was mean and upset-based. So, didn't yeah. like the beast. Yeah, well, when I liked him up until he became the beast, and then not anymore. But, speaking of people we don't like, January Jones. What is up with January Jones? She's just really pretty. That's it. That's all she's got. Yeah. They really didn't do her any favors in this movie. (laughs) No, no, that's not true. She didn't do herself any favors in this movie. I know Rebecca Romaine was uh, Mystique in the first movie. Pretend that never existed. If she had this sort of role, it would have been much, it would have seemed somehow richer and deeper. And there are rumors that, you know, she's pregnant now, January Jones. Oh, yeah. The rumor on the street is that she's allegedly pregnant by the director of X-Men First Class. What? Who is married to Claudia Schiffer. What? Oh, well, we see his type. What is his type? Busty blonde. Busty blondes that can't act. What do you got against <laughs> busty blondes that can't act, Justin? Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Just saying. 
there's one scene in X-Men First Class where she's in a one of those like police surveillance rooms, you know, with the one-way glass. Yes. And these two guys are talking about her like, we're in trouble. And all of a sudden she does the, whatever, diamond thing with her hand. Yeah. And she, she just pops she it out and she's glass. like, I'm terrible. <laughs> she didn't say that. But do you know what she reminded me of? Who? She reminded me of on Buffy the Vampire Slayer when Allison Hannigan goes through her bad willow stage and she's like, bored now. It was, was, it was, was like totally that. bored with her the whole time. Right, I know. But that was like her her ambivalent evilness. She was ambivalently evil the entire time. I wanted the teleporting Azazel dude to like take her up in the sky like she like he did all those CIA agents in yeah. that one thing. Yeah. And just drop her. I love that you say Azazel. Is it Azazel? I think it's Azazel. Is it who cares? I just call him teleporting... Teleporting guy, red nude. Guy with a, a goatee. Wasn't he like the devil? Was Lucifer? He, he, had a, he, had a, he had a red tail with an arrow. I don't know his backstory. <laughs> they didn't really give much backstory. That's okay. We were, we were busy focusing on uh, Eric and Charles. Him and twin tornadoes. Whatever. <laughs> and Stormlight. <laughs> Stormlight. Yeah. Oh, whatever. But the ending of the movie? Yeah. Great. I agree. Did you like it? Yes, but I was also frustrated. Missiles and, coming from every. Oh yeah, no, I think it looked the very, very like. Fastbender's like, see that submarine over there? You remember what I did to that uh, satellite dish? By the way, I can do that to your DirecTV dish anytime you want. I'll just look at it. <laughs> That's a great scene. He's like, I'm moving the dish. Yeah, that was pretty good. He got really red trying. He tricked uh, Xavier tricked him into doing that because they weren't getting a very good signal. So right. Uh, but yeah, at the end with the submarine, I was like, what? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Fastbendering out. Flying submarine. Yeah. But what'd you think of like the very last bit where, you know, the teams finally stand divided and um, on opposite sides of that beach? Uh, well, just because I love Fastbender, I was kind of sad. Yeah. But the other half of me was like, there's got to be another movie. Yeah, I'm like, can we have like a like a secondary prequel to you know no not not to this happening, but to the 2000 movie where now like the next movie takes place in the 70s, like a new trilogy. Like I think Star that's, Wars what did. The, that's what they want to do. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm on board. You think they just want to make one and done? Yeah. Well, I hopefully, I, hope, I mean... I thought that was going to be it. Like, this is prequel. It explains everything that happens in the 2000 movie. Done! This is the thing. I felt that, like, they tried to cram a lot into it. Yeah. At one point, I was like, I don't care if this goes for five hours. Like, just tell me everything. Cool. Yeah, I, I was. I would have been okay with a longer movie. Okay. But we have longer attention spans than certain people. Well, luckily, it wasn't, like, ultra slow, so it went fast. Right. It was enjoyable. So did Titanic. <laughs> I just did that to mess with you. Oh, no. I just did it to mess with you. There's one mention. I'm done now. Is it? So, wait. What was your superpower again? Oh, uh, uh, the uh, telepathy. To be able to read people's minds and to be able to inceptionize them and plant things. That's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it right now. What am I thinking, Justin? I'm trying to implant into your brain. Something about Titanic, I know. Nope. Nope. Don't fast bend her out on me with those hands shaking at my face. It looks like he's going to strangle me, you guys. <laughs> I can't reach that far. Oh, Fassbender. He's awesome. Fassbender. Maybe we'll name our first child Fassbender. 
since we both love him so much. It'll be his nickname. Hey, Fastbender. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Me calling my child. Hey, Fastbender. <laughs> Come here, Fastbender. Oh, you're such a little Fastbender you are. Oh, no, Fastbender. Oh, he fell. I was trying to think of my superpower. <laughs> you never came up with one. Um, it would definitely involve flying. I don't know if I'd have fireballs. <laughs> flying and freezing. I could freeze stuff while I'm flying. So, like, you kind of be... And, and I'd have telepathy. So, you're a cross between January Jones and Le- Lenny Kravitz's daughter? <laughs> nice. Yes. Way and, to go, Big Bong. And I always wear lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> Just like January Jones in the first half of the movie or whatever. Right. And apparently also Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Where's lingerie? Pretty much. She's a stripper. It's true. Yeah. Stripper with wings. I know. Talking about a dream. Oh, Lord. Just fly up that pole, girl. You go, girl. You won't do bad self. Oh, well. So what would you give final grade for X-Men? A. First class A. A. Wow, you really liked it. I said it was a first class movie. Woo woo. Woo woo. Okay. Well, I'm glad you liked it. What do you give it? I'd probably get an A too. Because it's my favorite movie of the summer. Number five. Over in June. Four. <laughs> and. Super eight. Yeah. And that other movie that we can't remember that we saw. Bridesmaids. Oh, oh. Yeah, Bridesmaids. We saw the movie where it's like creepy and. <laughs> Sound of music? No. <laughs> Insidious! That wasn't this summer, hon, but okay. Well, it's only early June. <laughs> None of these movies really are. Go watch X-Men First Class. Yeah, do it. It's, it's really, really good. <laughs> X-Men First Class! <laughs> Fassbender! Oh, you're such a good little Fassbender. Come here, little Fassbender. Maybe we'll just name our next dog Fassbender. That's a great idea. Actually, like Maggie, from now on, your name's Fossbender. Hey, Fossbender. 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 I just moved you. Oh, she totally looked at you. I just moved your tail. Maybe she wants... She didn't mind her tail, but that's okay. Maybe she does want to be, like, Fossbender. Let's ask her. Maggie? Fossbender? Fossbender. I think you should get her a Fossbender helmet. Oh, my God. For Halloween, our dog is going to be <laughs> Fossbender. It's going to be great. That would be great. What's his first name? Michael? Michael. Because I'm totally mixing up his character name with his actor name, and I'm call- I want to call him Eric Fossbender. He was in Glorious Bastards. He was also in this great little film called Hunger about the IRA uh, hunger strike. It's really good. So. Well, it's on Netflix streaming. See that too. Okay. Alright. I'm done. Me too. I'm going to totally go Google Fossbender out. Eric Fossbender after this. Michael. Whatever. Okay. Okay. Love you guys. We love you. I can read your mind. <laughs>